Hey, folks, we're excited to have you listening to the podcast. But truly, if you ever have any suicidal thoughts, David and myself would prefer that you would call 1-800-273-TALK. They're they're honestly incredible. They really reach out and uh, give honest, insightful advice. Thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. We want you to stay with us, and we love you. Thank you. like a girl <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say in the bible that's what they're basically saying with the samson story is that if your hair is long and you're beautiful like a woman you have power oh wow but if you cut that you lose your power i didn't know that the that the bible was so pro-woman <laughs> yeah, the one time <laughs> the one time they're kind of yes queening <laughs> Is wow. by implying that a man with long hair is somehow... If a man is a woman, power. he's powerful. Also, if a man is a woman and he cheats on you, <laughs> stone him to death. <laughs> oh, I love that you could just solve all your problems by stoning people to death. The Bible is so crazy. It's written by children who can't read. <laughs> Wait, that cannot be historical. <laughs> it was written by R. Kelly. Yeah. It was written by a child who can't read. Guys, check out our Patreon episodes. But also, check out this podcast right now. Guys, welcome to Suicide Buddies. Wow. Uh, my name is Hampton Yunt. My name is Dave Ross. Uh, this is a podcast about suicide, suicides in history, suicidal thoughts. It's kind of free range, but we eventually will talk talk about one historical suicide that we find interesting for whatever fucked up reason we have. <laughs> and I swear to God, we're here to support you and get you through any sort of uh, mental imbalance you're having right now. And I'm here with my good buddy, Dave Ross. We just like to emphasize that reality of the show at the beginning of every episode. On the off chance, this is your first time listening <laughs> yeah. this episode, and you don't know yet that we have been depressed and th thought about killing ourselves, and you might just think there were some douchebags who would think it's funny to talk about suicide. So one, one guy recently did post, he was like, I thought you were a bunch of shitheads, but when I found out you one time thought about killing yourselves, I thought you guys were pretty cool. <laughs> Like, I was like, that's so funny that that's so funny thing is like, you're out until you're in the until you're in Illuminati of suicide. So that's oh man. Until suicide and about suicide. You don't get in the club. It's basically true, too. Like, <laughs> first of all, I don't know how I could hang out with you if you've never even considered suicide. It bothers me. <laughs> it really bothers me. I have a whole bit about this. I'm like, never Never. And I've been, you just wake up every morning or like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> it's my whole bit yeah. is like, how can you own a gun? And like, then one that seems crazy. One day in your 40s, you're like, I had a bad day. <laughs> Dave, you had your first bad day. Dave, you owe me. Some I took that royalties. bit from Hampton. I'm sorry. I did that song on the last pod. I know. Dave had a bad day. I had a bad day. <laughs> Well, you had a bad life. <laughs> oh, man, that would the be camera don't version. lie. It's a song about the Truman Show. 
You know, I was thinking about this uh, right before we were about to start. What were you thinking about? And it's kind of related to like, you know, just having a shitty life. Is uh, one time I was like on the road with uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, like, mm-hmm. and I was taking some <laughs> some lift ride, and some dude that picked me up. This was like in um, Green Bay, I guess, right? Okay. And so the entire infrastructure of Green Bay, it fascinated me to talk to this dude about. It's a city made of cheese. <laughs> 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 it might as well be. It's basically all around that sports team. Oh, uh, sure. They're all just like so. Like, well, before the Green Bay Packers, there yeah. were just factories, like where they literally yeah. packed food. Yeah. That was literally <laughs> that dude. Like, blew my mind by saying that. He was like, you know, it's named after they used to pack food here. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought it was about like fudge packing. I don't know. <laughs> Some dumb, dumb thing. I was I like, I thought it was fudge packing. <laughs> they were good. <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't know what I thought, but. Like I was like packing, literally packing. Whoa! If you you know someone does have to pack the fudge. <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> that dude thinks about suicide every day of his life. I can't believe. I literally am a fudge packer. Oh, God. <laughs> God, you know I'm happy. This is going to all those orphans. Like imagine if you work in a fudge packing factory. <laughs> in, and you were gay. In, yeah, and it's in Alabama. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> hey, fudge packer. Yes, in two ways. Yes, in many ways. We are all fudge packing. And I packing. realize it's bad here, okay? <laughs> he's standing up like he's forming a union for the yeah, first time. He's Listen mayor. to me. We could have vanilla fudge. <laughs> you're damn well, at least there's that. <laughs> if you're going to pack fudge, you don't make it chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so in Green Bay, it's so crazy because mm-hmm. it's like it's all built around the infrastructure of they have one football team. Mm-hmm. And there's literally like maybe 400,000 people who live inside of Green Bay. And they're all on the Packers. Well, they have them. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well. That's what blew my mind. It's like it's like less than a half a million. And you have a major yeah. sports team. The Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And so their entire infrastructure is based on people bussing in for game days. So he right. the guy who was driving, he was like, on game days, the population here like triples. Well, triples, quadruples, like it's just insane. Wait, so that means eight hundred thousand people go to Packers games? No, no, dude, <laughs> more than a million. It's like what? the population goes up in it's a dude, it's the Green the Bay game. Packers. It's the Green Bay Packers. But it's, they don't all go to the game. No, they just come into town to like hang out. Yeah. It's like what? suddenly the population so me and this dude start talking about the demographics of that sort of shit inside his town. So he's like it was killing him. He was like, So guess what? So the population here is basically two million, but that's only on game days. But otherwise, it's 400,000. And you know what we would get if we had 500,000 people living inside of Green Bay? I was like, what? He's like, Dave and Busters. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, I would kill. I once went to a Dave and Busters. It was the best time of my life that's unbelievable he was like (laughs) so in love with david buster that i was like yeah man it's it's pretty good and he just was like god damn it but we can't and he was like 
basically building this whole political platform of almost like, I want to go to like Congress and be like, we have two million people. Give us a Dave and Buster's. But Dave and Buster's won't open a franchise in less than half a million. Whoa. So it was killing this dude. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. Uh, I like dude. You know, if we had three more people living in this town, we would be allowed to do pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. what the fuck? I'm doing crunches in my bedroom. <laughs> if seven more people lived in this town, I got to see Nightmare Before Christmas. I could be emo. If only seven more people That's lived so in this town, you know, I could be Jack Skellington. <laughs> you know, so few people live here, I'm not allowed to be bisexual. <laughs> I know my pain for this guy was like, holy shit! Like, well, you, dude, you're into you what you're into. You haven't even considered moving. I know that's that, crazy. That to me is like that's you know, the part that little... sucks. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's also just funny to love Dave and Buster's that much, obviously. <laughs> but if you love Dave and Buster's, fucking good for you, man. Good I'm for you, glad man. you love something. <laughs> no, but, honestly, uh, here's the thing. I went to a bowling alley recently, and like, man, oh, here we go. So great, so Yo, fun. Oh. It's great every time. I love it more and more as I get older. I'm like, yeah, Walking Dead, immersive uh, Hell yeah. video game I can play with a huge machine gun. and Nachos <laughs> that are nachos. like with the cheese that's made out of just like water and fucking whatever it's else. Cum. It's, it's cum. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's cow cum. It's cow cum. <laughs> I'm still fascinated by the fact that 1.6 million people show up on game day. What do they do? I mean, a lot get into the game, and then there's the uh, parking lot, and then there's just the people who couldn't get in. And they just want to be there for the game? I mean, it's it's just like, though... I just don't understand that. Like, no, I'm just not it like literally that. blew my mind. This <laughs> yeah. is why I always tell people about this. I'm like, did you know Green Bay doesn't have like a huge population? And if, they have one of the biggest franchises ever of sports. Is Dude, the Green Bay Packers. If L.A. were like that, every time there were a Rams game, there would be 80 million people here. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that's right, man. No, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point about like just entertainment. It's like, so crazy. In, in places of the country where there's not a lot going on, it's like, fuck yeah, I'll take a bus ride three hours. It's Packers. Packers fever. Just to be a part of it, right. And then you're like being, you're dying in a hospital. And it's like, he's dying of Packers fever. <laughs> Oh God! He needs an injection of cheese <laughs> inside his femoral artery. Someone has to cheese. show him a picture of Brett Favre, stat. <laughs> Who's but like from it? 15 years ago. Did you uh, know every picture of Bre Brett Favre has a a line of cheese around it? <laughs> yeah, you can scoop it up. Did you know that 70% of Brett Favre's body is cheese? <laughs> Doesn't it always freak you out when they tell you that like seventy percent of your body is water? Yeah, you're like, where? Show where? me the water. My tears? Yeah, is it all reserved? Tears? You mean just me, right? Because I'm so sad. <laughs> I can only imagine that's whiskey, cum, and my tears. Dude, seventy percent of me is not water. At least fifty percent of me is rage. <laughs> Despite all my percent of rage, I am still just a red in a cage. That's, despite all my water, I could still walk upright or whatever. Oh, shit. Yeah, because if I'm 70% water, wouldn't I just be like in a bucket? 
I mean, that's a lot of water. That's the dumbest person in the world. <laughs> yeah, totally. 30% of me is dry as hell. Yeah, totally. And 70% of and me that's is water. I like. Yeah, I only <laughs> I only like the dry me. <laughs> that's the real me. Yeah. If a dude gets wet, he's not real anymore. Yeah, then he's a girl, and girls are fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you have any moisture on your body, you're a girl. <laughs> women aren't real. That's what I'm That's saying, funny. Dave. You know, they faked the women. Dave, are you <laughs> part owner of Dave and Busters? Wow. I've never you know, learned your last it's name. It's funny. No it's one's possible. ever put two and two together with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Dave Ross and Busters. Yeah, Dave and Ro- Dave Ross and Buster Ross. <laughs> and it's just and- people like playing skee ball, <laughs> but then you walk up to him and be like, you know there's no God, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you playing skee ball? You know that's for no reason, That's so right? funny because that also mischaracterizes me as a person. No, that's exactly <laughs> who you are. <laughs> Dave, I was at my grandma's funeral. Listen. And you you strolled up all yeah. nonchalant, cocked your he- hat I to the side. to give the eulogy. <laughs> you begged. Begged like a dog. <laughs> like a dog. Like the guy in um, Batman. Yeah, I always like that quote. Yeah. They're going to beg. Like a dog. Like a dog. That was in Batman Begins, right? Underrated in the trilogy. <laughs> no one talks about that one, but it's great because it's no the beginning. No one talks about Birdman. That was the best Batman was Birdman. Yeah, totally. That was the eighth Batman. <laughs> Dude, my favorite Batmans go like this. Dark Knight Rises, Batman Forever, <laughs> Batman and Robin, and then the rest suck. Did you ever watch uh, Batman the Animated Series? When Hell you fucking up? yeah, dude. It was great. <laughs> okay, settle down. I, don't fucking tell me what to do. All right. I watched well, Batman the Animated Batman. Series, and it made me strong. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you're pushing me down. <laughs> oh, I loved it, man. You're jamming your cock into my mouth. Dave, no, please stop. <laughs> yeah, well, this is my Dave and Buster's. <laughs> Dave's gonna You're coming buster. to Dave and Buster. I'm gonna bust in your mouth. Put the bust in Dave <laughs> yeah. and Buster. Dave and come. Nah, I just thought that series was like pr- probably unparalleled. Yeah, as far as just like I mean, so like, it's kid, unparalleled. But you got mad like... at me for getting excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I said, "Have you ever seen it?" You're like, "Oh hell yeah!" I was like, "That sounds like Dude, the kind of kid I." Dave and Buster's. <laughs> I forgot you should get extraordinarily excited about things. Hell yeah, dude. Because you own part of that franchise. I'm all cum and no funny business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's amazing, dude. It's really good. The yeah, animated it was series. Yeah. And I didn't know a lot about Batman because I was never a comic book kid, literally, what? except for Asterix. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've I told you this. We have talked yeah. about this a little bit. I love Asterix and Obelix. Yeah. French and gay comics to teach <laughs> children how to be gay. It's not really. Yeah, they were instructionals. No, they weren't. How to be gay. This is wildly inaccurate. <laughs> I feel like it was the truth. It was my truth. No, no, these are these dumb comics. I, I They're loved, great. I love them. So funny. Up. That's so funny. So your parents gave you that. Is that because they were like in the military? They were like around? Yeah, we lived in Italy when I was about the age to start, from there when I was go. three to when I was six. Well, and they okay. just like and they were like you could get them everywhere and yeah. still at my parents house they have a ton of them probably like 40 of the books you know what's crazy do you remember growing up like uh my parents would always my dad had a job that would be involved in europe all the time so we'd have to take trips when i was a kid all the time mm-hmm. you remember like just postcards of like men's dicks 
inside of stores. Like every what? <laughs> this was, I think, the trend until recently was especially in France. Like you'd go into like a postcard store or any sort of like, say, you go on Hollywood Boulevard and it's like Hollywood store. So uh-huh. this would be like France store. You uh-huh. go in there and like all the postcards are like of men's dicks wearing like sunglasses. Or like dressed as a dog. Hampton, this definitely didn't happen. <laughs> this this so fucking blew my mind as a kid. Uh, wait, why were you in France as a kid? My dad's job. Oh, uh, what yeah. was his job? It was being like, French. Yeah, being a French. <laughs> he was French. <laughs> Surrendering. He was a French. wine smeller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I just uh, I would like to uh, smell the wine. I I would not like to drink any of it. I just want to uh, snort it like cocaine. <laughs> uh, wine uh, is a uh, French cocaine. Okay, I have smelled it. That is thirty francs. <laughs> it was his job. <laughs> you get it. Uh, uh, yeah, dude. I have literally no clue what the fuck you're talking about. Well, it's kind of a it's kind of an odd thing. I, you sound like you maybe oh, were kind of six, odd. right? So <laughs> you probably were like maybe even too young to pick up on any sort of weird behavior. Yeah, I always saw on. postcards of kids' dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it age appropriate. Yeah, that's always been my. They took problem. me to toy stores, Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't get. I went. To I will. I do remember this. Um, when we lived in Italy, every toy store I went into was always like a small toy store. And so when we moved back to the states when I was six, was the first time I ever saw a Toys R Us. Oh wow! And I almost passed out. Literally, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck? Holy shit! This dude. is unreal, you didn't dude." Know about Toys R Us? No, man. Dude, they were us. The toys were us. I know. We were the toys, and they still are. <laughs> Man, did you ever know when you were a kid, they used to have these like um, like shopping spree giveaways at Toys R Us oh, all the yeah. time where it'd be like, you have five minutes in the store. Yes. Like, I wanted one of those so want. bad. I wanted it so bad, but I wanted to just like- Go to the video game section, Not right? buy anything and just jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this occurred to you recently. <laughs> no, when, as a kid, I thought it'd be super hysterical what? to not take the shopping spree just to jerk off into my hand. When did you start jerking off? Way late. I'm joking. Uh, so did I. I'm jerking Way late. around. I'm jerking you around. I'm jerking off right now. No, but I, I, I love that whole like uh, it's a, it's a minute inside the store. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I would always imagine I would just go straight to the video game section <laughs> and grab all the pieces of paper for all the machines and games. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty smart. Yeah, like I don't want, I don't want some dollar bouncy Dude, ball. I was <laughs> gonna cares? go to the Barbie section and just get Barbies. <laughs> like four hundred teenage boys <laughs> running here and beat the shit yeah, out of you. I just like, the one kid who tells all his friends is like, "Yeah, I'm going to the video game section, no doubt. You see me on there? I'm going to the video game section." And then he just like freaks out. He's like, "I'm just getting Barbies. No." Oh God! He's like filling up card after card of Barbie. For some reason, he just gets a bunch of baby clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I went next door to Babies R Us. No, why? I love that. That that's the next location. So weird. Babies R Us. Why it's, is that equivalent to Kids R Us? I will say maybe like because the other option would be go up a little and make like teenagers <laughs> are us, adults are us. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's just it's AK just like forty-seven bongs and shit. <laughs> yeah, condoms and punching bags and shit. 
<laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Why have they not just like free yeah. dabs, dude? Free dabs. <laughs> You're an accountant. Fucking dab life. <laughs> You're an adult. Whatever. Welcome Here. to Weeds Are Us. You guys high? <coughs> Here's the 3D showing of Black Panther. Only you can afford it. 3D. F- Thirty-five dollars a ticket. <laughs> if you guys like Nerf, you should get a mortgage. <laughs> Nah, but I was a kid just getting the Barbies Yeah, hell yeah, dude Were you into Barbies as a kid? Uh, Yeah, pretty much (laughs) Pretty much It's not that weird No, I don't think I ever came across a Barbie You know what's actually really super funny Was uh, I had these really Catholic cousins growing Mm -hmm. up And they the range there was like I think my aunt had 13 kids So like the age difference there so anyway, wow. at one point, it's like, you know, I'd see them playing with their Barbies or something. And like <laughs> the parents would have like such strict moral codes that it was like they, the drew, they drew like a top on top of the naked Barbie. Oh, my God. So it just was fully clothed in all its sections. They probably did that to the kids, too. <laughs> 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 like, oh shit Yeah I don't want you ever seeing tits <laughs> That's my favorite episode of Black Mirror dude I uh, <laughs> about my own family No one gets to see tits <laughs> Not till they're 37 <laughs> Wouldn't that blow your mind That would suck You'd kill yourself you, you would for sure you kill, for yourself. Sure kill yourself. <laughs> yes, that's true. Definitely. You know what's funny is, yeah, most of those uh, experiments they ever did on like prison or anything where they're mm-hmm. like, well, if people don't talk to another person for a week, they murder themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like every one of these studies comes back is like, oh, people really need people. Yeah. Like one of the worst things you could do to somebody is solitary confinement. Right. It literally drives people insane. Yeah. They can't sleep. They it's like people need human contact. Yeah. It's this very odd thing. So if you're out there right now and you're depressed, uh that might be one of the key signs. If you're shutting yourself off from people, it, there there's a reason they use it as torture in prisons. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst thing you can go through. And it's the kind of thing too where I feel like if you're feeling alone, like if you fe- truly feel like you have no one, I'll bet you that's not true, but if you feel like you have no one to call and, and you need human contact, you could literally start by just going to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks and just like yeah. being around people and interacting with people is like... It's so hard to make new friends. Yeah. Like one of my <laughs> dumb new jokes now is just about like starting conversation with people. Yeah, it's a good joke. And, I like but, it. <laughs> it's a dumb joke, but it's like, it's really true. It's like, I get it. It's probably one of the hardest things you could do. Is I have a joke make about a this. New friend. I have a joke about this too. How like, it's it's in the middle of a joke of something else, where the joke is just like, how what are you supposed to do? You like meet someone and you're like, hey, we should hang out sometime. <laughs> Never mind, I'll be alone. <laughs> oh, I just realized uh, most of the video games I play are single player, so. <laughs> Guess that's not even a thing anymore. Yeah, totally. I mean, you could come watch me play Grand Theft Auto and like think you're someone I'm beating the shit out of if you want. Yeah, comedy was easy when we were starting because you could always just be like, hey, I just need to like work on bits. Yeah. Just even getting like remotely funny. Yeah. And people would understand that. But now if I'm just like, hey, I want to just like hang out and do bits, they'd be like, what are you paying? It's like, oh, why man. would I give my whole day to make you funnier? Isn't that so funny? Just in general, 
comedy got weird when we all became professionals or semi-professionals or like when we all yeah. more accurately when we all decided we had to value ourselves in order to <laughs> keep uh having self-worth yeah uh, which was a good point but now like like chris charpentier and i wrote uh he's my roommate and we were just one day we were like we're so tired of everything taking forever. We're going to write a web series that we could shoot in our apartment, no big deal, over a weekend. We wrote it real quick, loved it, and then we like asked our friends, the Knicks brothers, to direct it. And then fucking nine months later, we have a crew and we're shooting in Vegas, and there's like a <laughs> production company, and it ended up being great. But like nothing's easy anymore. Nothing's simple. Yeah, even like the dumbest idea, you're like, okay, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you just write a dumb idea. You're like, poop officer. Like, okay, how do we make Poop Officer into the next Die Hard? <laughs> he was a poop. I think I'm seeing Cut why things face. are hard for you, maybe. <laughs> All my ideas are scatological. And you want them to be Die Hard. Okay, listen. I just feel like if a shit was removed from his <laughs> shit family, he'd want them back. Okay, so if Poop Officer's wife is cheating on him... <laughs> And he's in Nakatomi Tower. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would just like to say very quickly that we've been appreciating all your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Please keep doing that. Oh, hell yeah. Subscribe to us. Tell your friends. All that fun stuff. It's been great, actually. Yeah. yeah thanks for writing us. And uh, thanks for subscribing to the Patreon, guys. Yeah, totally. Patreon.com slash Suicide Buddies. We're almost at 100 subscribers. And that'll be the select network where yeah. we start revealing our manifesto totally. of how you should kill yourself in all the explicit ways we guide you through a very safe... Okay, I don't want to do this <laughs> podcast anymore. All right, all right. That's me, not what we want back. at okay, all. So, so listen. <laughs> um, I mean, the Patreon is a fun uh, fuck-around <laughs> thing. Me and yeah. Dave do. And uh, there's there's no implied uh, deeper meaning in any of the episodes we do there. So uh, uh, Definitely. And uh, we definitely don't want anyone to kill themselves. <laughs> Hampton uh, sometimes scares me. All right. Uh, hey, also get Coco Hames' self-titled album on Merge Records. She's great. She Yeah, she does that's a theme song. theme song. She's the best. Yeah. Uh, this week we're doing Darby Crash. That's uh, who we're going to talk about. <laughs> nice. And I am so excited. I've been a fan of his for so long. Oh, yeah. Do you know much about Darby Crash? No, I've just heard the name. Okay, in between the, in the break here, we're going to watch an interview with his girlfriend uh, together, and then we'll talk about him. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, we'll be back. All right. What's up, suicide freaks? You freaks for suicide. You all out there getting suicidal. Okay. Hampton is getting a blowjob right now. I had a cigarette and I lost my Yeah, mind. dude. You got the nicotine in your veins. <laughs> that shit makes you go fucking crazy, dude. Jazz cigarettes. Yeah, nicotine's my <laughs> N-word. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't even understand that at all. Jazz cigarettes. Yeah. You ever heard that term? Yeah. It means weed. Yeah. I was being funny. <laughs> <laughs> when? Ah, <laughs> Hampton. I'm going back to Dave and Buster's where people like me. Where more like-minded individuals are like me and Buster. Yeah. 
yo, Dave, <laughs> let's let's play Street Fighter 2. And I'm like, oh, man, oh there's Tony. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that that's where you're like, all right, here's where I get to live as an adult. <laughs> yeah, totally. Solace. <laughs> You know, like literally every couple that's ever gone to David Buster's has had an explosive fight in an arc in a parking lot. Not gay couples. <laughs> Two yeah, dudes. They man. know how to support each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two dudes. <laughs> Two Dave dudes. and Buster. The way it should be. David Buster should be a gay recluse. It's, uh, it's Adam and Adam, uh, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> it's Dave and Buster, not Adam and Eve. <laughs> it's Dave and Buster's. <laughs> That's not Adam and Eve, you Pope son of a bitch. <laughs> what is this podcast about? If you think about it, what are we? We talk about suicide for really like about? three minutes an episode. <laughs> All the most common message I get from a comedian is, "Hey man, your podcast is really funny." Uh, still waiting for you to talk about the suicide in history on this episode. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, we take our time, dude. Hey, our fans like us. <laughs> Dave and Buster. <laughs> my my recommendation for anybody listening to this podcast is to pause right now and listen to another episode. Yeah, of a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, cram a couple WTFs and Nerdist in there. Oh, man. Don't promote the fucking the establishment. <laughs> I don't know. They don't talk about suicide. They, they dare not. They live it. <laughs> Chris Hardwick lives it. <laughs> hey everybody. Hey, what's going on? Hey, we're, we're not playing for any points right now, but you know, I'm running a terrible Hardwick. <laughs> That's a terrible Hardwick. God, hey, you really think so? No. Hey, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I want to kill myself. <laughs> How often do you think he still talks to Jenny McCarthy often? Every day, <laughs> every day, <laughs> at the beginning yeah. of the day and at the end. And he's of the like, day. "Well, I'm with you on vaccines." Oh shit, that's right. He did singled out with her. Yeah, totally. Then Carmen Electra, <laughs> my two favorite actors, dude, the two hottest <laughs> girls, yeah, have ever lived. Chris Hardwick and Carmen Electra. <laughs> 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 oh, what shit. are we even doing? <laughs> oh shit, dude! Well, uh, I would love to hear about this. Uh, yeah, let's first... talk about Darby Crash. So, okay, I think the best way to talk about it is I'm gonna talk about um, his suicide and everything surrounding that, and then we'll like backtrack to um, like the history of him and his band. Because if you're listening, I'll bet if you know anything about him, I'll bet you know his music and his band and that he killed himself, but not all the circumstances I of it. I think something to specify it at the top, because I didn't know this, he's the lead singer of The Germs. He's the lead singer of the, yeah, the L.A. punk band The Germs that started in 1978 and ended in 1980. It didn't <laughs> exist that long, and they're like one of the most influential punk bands For of all time. For some odd reason, like the the... Pat Smear from The Germs went on to be in Nirvana and, and then Foo Fighters. Totally. Like being if you, hugely influential. Pat musician. Smear wasn't one of the like mainstay members of Nirvana, but if you watch um, Unplugged in New York, yeah. he played on that. He toured with them. He was on Incesticide and like, you know, he, he just was their friend and played with them a lot. Yeah. Incesticide is an odd album. Well, it's just a collection of demos and shit. It I wasn't don't know a if real album. Here has listened to that? Yeah. It's great. Every I time love I listen it. to it, I'm like, this this isn't Nirvana. Like yeah, it's half weird. the time when I listen to it, I'm like, that's not even that 
It's not even Nirvana. Like I'm like that must be a different band. There are so many compilations and box sets and shit that came out after he died, and it's so funny. Every song and incesticides like this too. Every song that isn't on a proper Nirvana album is called like Diarrhea Fucker. It's, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, what was going on? <laughs> yeah, I shit babies and kill birds. <laughs> uh, Kurt, that's not going on the record, man. No, listen. Whatever, man. It's pretty important. I have a daughter. <laughs> this one's called Dog Fucker. I fuck dogs in it. <laughs> I hate dogs. That's yeah. The whole, that's the whole fucking song. You want to know this, but most Limp Bizkit songs were written by Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Dog yeah. fucker. I'd say Kurt Cobain and Nirvana really went out at the exact right moment. Because it's like, yeah. would you have wanted to see fat Cobain in like Vegas in like a jumpsuit being like, okay, here we go. Totally. Let's run through the history. Load up on guns. I'm fucking tired. I'm on <laughs> sleep and I got chicken. Yeah, with trail. him, isn't it crazy? It seems like he had, there was nowhere to go but there, but suicide. Yeah. Like, yeah. That sounds crazy. I mean, I don't want to say that as like, a, go, I don't really, go do it because no. we said Kurt Cobain couldn't have been anything else. I also don't know much about him is if I really like, think about it. But it's also like uh, it's just such an interesting suicide. His because it's like uh, I don't know. Came at such a right point in time that all of society stopped and looked at it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which is just I mean, like the guy who killed himself and the germs killed himself. Well, and like, uh, and that's what time didn't stop. What's interesting? Okay, well, there are so many interesting things about Darby's suicide, but so he one thing that is true about him is that he was like, he told people he wanted to be a rock legend or like a punk legend. He had no musical experience. He straight up couldn't sing. Hmm. And I read some stuff about how like he literally didn't know how to use a microphone. Like he didn't know (laughs) to like put it near his mouth. We kind of saw that with the footage. Yeah. It's rough. But he, uh, he loved David Bowie. He loved all kinds of different. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He was like a really well-read, fascinating dude. He was, he was, one of the things he was really into was Bowie. Well, and Bowie's interesting because Bowie's an unusual singer. Right. I think he gives a lot of hope to people who are like, I don't have a good voice. To- well, and, and you it's know, like, d- Bowie's kind of that middle ground. He evangelized of like, being weird. Do your thing. And, yeah. you know, if yeah. you're weird, like, we'll talk about Darby's uh, upbringing later, but, like, if you're a weird, fucked up dude and it feels like you don't fit in at all, and then Bowie's famous, that was the other cool thing about Kurt Cobain being so big, like, Nirvana just happened to strike a chord at the right time as they were basically like a fucking a really fucked up dirty ass punk band that happened to be really, really talented Mm -hmm. and fans of pop music (laughs) at the right time in history. And then but like the fact that Kurt Cobain is like wearing dresses on national TV <laughs> and talking about feminism and shit. That's my favorite shit. I I love it. Yeah. I lose my mind every time. When I was a kid, I was like Whoa, everybody hates me and this yeah. guy's doing this? Imagine, imagine <laughs> like, yeah, before the infrastructure of, of like Warp Tour, yeah. there's a person who's suddenly hitting all these notes to like young America. And by, honestly, by nature of just a soul like, vehicle. If you just compare them not knowing anything about how popular Warp Tour is or how popular Nirvana was, Warp Tour is bu- like so much more mainstream. It plays to oh, the mainstream yeah. so much more than Nirvana did, but like, yeah, I mean, pave the way. You know what I mean? It's like right. someone's—they came in and basically changed uh, 
the game. But I mean, uh, let's and go the, back to this uh, guy. Darby I mean, Crash. Yeah, yeah. Darby. Well, obviously we'll do a Kurt Cobain episode sometime. It's our 100th episode. Yeah, for sure. Kurt Cobain and Adolf Hitler, 100th episode gala. <laughs> right. We're going to rent out a ballroom. Absolutely. Folks. Yeah, Darby Crash was like, he was not like Kurt Cobain in the sense that he wasn't obsessed with like pop culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he, they were similar in that they both wanted to be rock stars. Yeah. But like Darby's thing, from what I can tell, it didn't seem like, he wasn't really interested in fame. He was interested in being like a legend. Like he wanted, he had literally had a five-year plan. It had something to do <laughs> really? with the David Bowie song, Five Years. Whoa. Um, and I couldn't like figure out exactly in what way, but basically he made a plan, and his plan was, uh, I'm going to have this fucked up punk band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to change my name. I'm going to give us all other identities. Did you know that the original drummer for the Germs was Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's? Her name Whoa. was Dottie Danger. She was in the band like three days and didn't play a show. And uh, <laughs> okay, so kind of a and then, ramshackle beginning to this band. Here. Totally. And Pat Smear was like the first member. It was his because Pat. This is the funny thing about Pat, who's like now the biggest part of the band. Yeah, yeah, he's in fucking Foo Fighters. He's the reason we even know about the Germs for a lot of people. For a lot of people, but Pat Smear and Darby Crash went to this weird L.A. high school together. They're childhood friends. His name is George Rothenberg. Hmm. And uh, by the way, Darby Crash's real name is Jan Paul Beam. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then, yeah, so Darby, like, he had Pat, his best friend. He gave him a name. He gave himself a cool name. He And then he filled the rest of the band with women, gave them creepy names. <laughs> and then he's like, it doesn't matter if we can fucking play our instruments. We just have to be crazy. We have to make, we have to, like, yeah, sort of... We have to make. It was part waves. of his plan. Yeah, it was part of his plan. What's also, the best term for that? We have to like make a scene. Is it, so they would do shows where he would like cut himself and draw all over himself yeah. in marker. At their first show ever, apparently, he covered himself in licorice somehow, <laughs> and then he took the microphone and shoved it into a jar of peanut butter, and they got kicked out of the venue for life. What? <laughs> when, when I was a kid, I was seeing some bands and like the opening band like just disrobed during uh-huh. their set and then like the lead singer turned around and it was just his bare ass and then the, like the guitarist who was a woman just started smacking his ass wow. while someone started throwing candy into the crowd to get everybody hyped up i can't believe you got to see nsync <laughs> <laughs> You are my fire, the one, the desire. Come on, bitch. All right, give it to me harder, 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 deeper, deeper, harder. Um, Shit, dude. What if we kept doing that for 30 minutes? I I, kind of wanted to, because that was just me in D.C. in the fucking late 90s, early 2000s. I just want you to maybe build a little bit of what the scene was like when Darby got in there. Because, I mean, it sounds crazy. But I think the scene in general at that time was like almost like borderline homeless, like just, you know, right. youths off the streets, like coming together. Right. Well, this is the late 70s. And absolutely, like Darby Crash saw punk happening mm-hmm. and was like, oh, I both I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And I can do something. Yeah. With it's this. like rock and roll accessible. Totally. Um, and so, you know. The other bands that were around were Black Flag and Fear and shit. And Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to get into it. Like, yeah, homeless, but also, the, yeah, the kids were homeless, and the whole culture of punk was, like, being crazy. And when we were in high school, 
I was a punk, and there was a thing we didn't call it this, but later I found out there are people that call it punk points, where you like smash mailboxes and shit. Okay. But then we like lived in suburban homes, and I never cut school and shit. Who's like, like uh, the mail office? <laughs> yeah. Getting mail from the government. Yeah. Postcards from my grandma. Fuck you. Yeah, totally. I don't want to order my shit from Amazon and get it on time. Fuck you. But That's the journey's like. The germs, their whole thing was like they would antagonize the crowd so much that the crowd would fight them. Yeah. They when would I like, saw Darby like interacting with crowds yeah. in some of the footage you saw me, he's like pushing them. He hates he's them. He's just like, it's not even like a lead singer. It's yeah. like somebody who's like, hey, why are you even here? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? And really pushing the buttons of the crowd. Well, it's hard to know what their state of mind was. Like, first of all, like you just said, that it was the culture. Like, punk mm-hmm. then was sure. like, fuck shit up. Yeah. But, and a big yeah. part of that was that, like, punk, just like for us, was an escape, except it was so, it was new and it was destructive mm. and mm. it involved this fashion that was like really, really different than what people were used to seeing. So people would see punks dressed in leather and spikes and spiky hair and think they were fucking criminals. So like... (laughs) Isn't that funny now? Yeah, when now they're like the weakest people, (laughs) including me. Uh, And uh, But so punk shows like routinely would get broken up by cops. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird that that was the fascination with cops? Yeah. These white kids are out of control. Yeah. They're spiking their hairs. It seems like they probably did a fair amount of doing shit to black people back then, too. I think that they spread When they were like, guys, I am spent beating up black people. Let's Let's go find some white kids. (laughs) Let's go find some easy white kids to go abuse. but also they were they were people oh, they weren't all homeless. I actually don't think that homelessness was generally the culture. It was just like no. they were into the idea of being fucked up and being in squats and doing heroin and, and rats and, and, and shit. And I think you could say also there was no infrastructure to be like, oh, you're going to make a lot of money. Right. Like there was just none. So if you got right. into it you were like, fuck yeah. I'm already in this in this environment. Yeah. I'm already doing about this well financially. Sure. <laughs> I might as well be in a band. Because that is the culture, and it's but, very communal. And the culture of it, too, was like it was so much more about destruction and about being extreme and getting out aggression that the music mattered way less. And so, like, that's why so many recordings back then sounded like shit. They partially because they didn't care about money and partially because they wanted it to sound like shit and partially because they couldn't play their fucking instruments, <laughs> a lot of them. No way, dude. Against Me is the best man that's ever Well, existed. I mean, that's not from this era. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I just not But it's funny no who's way, who, too. Like, like Fear, they were jazz musicians in their 30s, and they were like, <laughs> they saw an opportunity, and they were like these this band of like five <laughs> homophobic old people who would start fights with the Fear. I love their music, but god damn. Like jazz and being homophobic. <laughs> All right, guys, we're mm-hmm. gonna take a little stroll down a uh, little D Avenue here. I might have that Do-do-do-do. jazz musician thing wrong, but they could play. Is my I've point. heard a couple weird things, honestly. Like for me, my my version of that is I've always heard that Slipknot was a mariachi band. That's not true. That's but that's what I've heard. <laughs> okay, from my friend. <laughs> he lives in Canada. <laughs> He's a model, and my girlfriend. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. I just remember hearing that. And then it's like, I don't know. You hear so much bullshit when you're growing up that you're like, okay, that maybe. I, I, this is pre-internet. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Follow right. up on this. Right. Who knows if I'm right. Well, either way. They were fear was homophobic. That doesn't really matter. Uh, it <laughs> no, was I a think weirdly it comes hum- up. I mean, wasn't the germs a little bit? Well, we should talk about that in a bit after we talk about his suicide. I think it's punk in this scene. Yeah, in yeah. yeah. Um, so the germs, like, they start playing. Like I said, their first show, they get kicked out, and they literally like so many bands antagonized audiences, and they were all rowdy. But the germs were so insanely crazy and rowdy, and so into the destruction of it. That by I believe it was I'm oh I wrote it down by 1979 so they had existed for oh they started in 77 sorry so they existed for about two years yeah. by 1979 they were banned from every club in L.A. <laughs> every club dude and even the improv and the f- f- laugh factory <laughs> so the there's comedy that, store there's that movie the decline of Western civilization that yeah that's the movie about 70s and 80s punk most people have seen. It's uh, it's directed by P- Penelope Spheres or Spheris. I don't know how you say it's it. It's great. It's I've so seen good. The sequel also, yeah. In that movie, the they interview the germs. They interview Darby in his house, and they like there's footage of an entire germs show. Well, like some of the footage, yeah, yeah. but she got an entire show. <laughs> I found this of what out. they do in order. To get footage of a show, she literally had to book a soundstage for them to play at because literally nowhere would let them play. <laughs> Wait, that seems so crazy. Yeah, well, they would break everything Dude, and they would be mean to everybody. <laughs> how did like Gigi Allen book gigs? Gigi Allen. The exact same thing happened to for him. For people who don't know, he would just like shit on stage and like rape people. <laughs> and would it's he like, rape people? I think that's part of it oh yeah. my god i did not know he's that he's like an mm-hmm. awful human being did you know that his real name is jesus christ allen <laughs> yeah you, did you know he had a micro dick is that true <laughs> yeah he had a micro penis wow <laughs> also his father was like extremely religious as you would imagine and he was he lived in a, a house with a dirt floor in the woods and he wasn't allowed to talk for the first 10 years of his life and it's like, oh, why was he so man. fucked up? I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> that reminds me of like when uh, mm-hmm. fucking Mitzi Shore, who owns the comedy store, was asked about like Polly Shore gr- raising him. She's like, I used to make him sleep in a drawer so it would make him come up funny. What? I would make him sleep in a tiny drawer so he'd be uncomfortable and he'd be funny. What? <laughs> to me, that's the same as being like, Gigi Allen didn't speak English for the first 10 years of his life. Yeah, you might as well just say, I beat him every day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> You're the an awful fuck? nightmare person. <laughs> um, I wanted my baby to be funny, so I duct taped a microphone into his hand. My God. Can you imagine the mom who made Dang Cook? Yeah. I totally. made him wear... A, a wife beater, and I duct taped a microphone into his hand as a baby. I think with Dan Cook, it's more like I hugged him every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, what happens when comedy goes wrong? Whoa. <laughs> Don't hug your kids if you want them to be funny. So there's so many elements that brought Darby Crash uh, towards suicide, which I, I want to like talk about all of them, but the history of it is. The germs break up literally because they can't play shows, and the rest of the band was like, this sucks. <laughs> um, Very reasonable. Yeah. Very reasonable. Darby went to the UK. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff that happened there. 
that involve him like getting influenced by UK punk bands. He comes back, okay. starts his own band called the Darby Crash Band. They played a few shows. It, yeah. Like didn't not much happened. Then uh his big comeback, I guess. Yeah, well the Germs a did ways. a reunion show on December 3rd, 1980 at the Starwood, which was a venue a lot of people played. Hmm. And for some reason they let him play. <laughs> I guess cuz it's a reunion show and they hadn't in a while. And apparently it was the best show they'd ever played. Everyone who went was like, they fucking crushed it. Wow. But After not really playing together that much. Totally. Well, it's huh. weird, man. If you listen, they have three releases. A single that came out in 77, an EP that came out in 78, and the album GI that came out in 79. Huh. And like some of the songs on GI are amazing. They're so good. Because Pat Smear can play. Right. And yeah. like when, uh, the, especially Lexicon Devil... I think that's on. I think the EP is called Lexicon Devil, and it's on that. That song is incredible. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so they're they're good. Yeah. So they came back and just like somehow just crushed somehow it. crushed it. Yeah. That must have been like incredible. Yeah. Then uh, four days later. Oh no. He and he took the money from the show to buy four hundred dollars worth of heroin and intentionally intentionally overdosed himself Holy and died. Shit. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Was it like a long con to just get the money to do the heroin? He like, literally said shit. that he... Okay, so there are a bunch of things here. There's the five-year plan, which involved him like... Oh, my God. When he was a kid. he The whole time he was doing the germs, he would tell his friends all the time, I'm going to kill myself so I can be a legend. He wouldn't always say the legend thing, but he said, like, I would, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Wow. Another thing he all would right, say cool, all the time. cool, dude. We have a gig on Friday. <laughs> cool. Another thing he would say, literally say all the time is, like, I just want to do this long enough so I have enough money to kill myself with heroin. He apparently <laughs> told Pat Smear Whoa. that. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I have this quote from Pat Holy Smear. shit. So he uh, just told people oh, yeah. for years. He about literally, Pat, Pat Smear said in an interview, the only reason that Darby said, the only reason I'm doing this is to get money enough is... To get enough money to get heroin, I fucking wrote yeah, it down. Yeah, to get wrong. enough money to do the heroin to kill yourself. Yeah. Holy shit. You know, oh yeah, to get money to get enough heroin to kill myself with. Do you think people uh, in that time, especially like people around him, were like so disaffected that they'd be like, "Cool," you know what dude, I mean? Like, honestly, I do think. How do you think people reacted to that sort of shit? Part of it, like, when you and I started this podcast we're like fascinated <laughs> by suicide mm-hmm. but something that was really important to both of us was like we definitely have to couch this in like constant understanding that our fascination with suicide is not with wanting thinking <laughs> it's cool to do it and like being able to joke around about something and be fascinated with it and simultaneously know it's bad and to not do it that's like very important and i think Becoming obsessed with it can go the other way. Well, yeah, and, clearly. I mean, this guy... and that's like the real danger here. And I hope when you're listening that you like take that away the most, please. I think what's crazy is this guy at a young <laughs> age was like identifying suicide with somehow fame. His brother, his whole fascination. When he was you know? 11 years old, uh-huh. his half brother uh-huh. died of an of a forced heroin overdose by a drug dealer that was mad at him. And his brother was 27 and he was 11. Whoa. Yeah. 
Holy crap. Yeah, dude. There's some other fucked up shit with his family, too. His mother married three or four times. Oh, it's what a whore. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> just started shitting on her. Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't. No, th- yeah, that yeah. wasn't one of the fucked up things. Uh, but he had a bunch of half brothers and sisters as a result, which made his family dynamic really weird. Huh. And uh, so his huh. mother's first husband was this guy, Hal Beam, which is where his name came from. And for a lot of his life, he thought that was his real dad. But then he got in an argument with uh, his mom's name was Faith Reynolds Baker. And his uh, big sister's name was Faith Jr. Uh-huh. Apparently in an argument with Faith Jr. one day, she was just like, Hal Beam's not your father. <laughs> like wow. they all knew they'd been hiding it from him. And dude, wow. this is almost too ridiculous to not laugh at. His real <laughs> dad was a Swedish sailor named William Bjorklund. Who his mom just like fucked at some I point? Yeah, that yeah. is how people have babies. Yeah, but he was like, I guess he, she fucked. Yeah, but but he was never no, in her life, did. is what I mean. He she was just did, a sailor who she like didn't take a, a syringe of his sperm out of his balls. <laughs> maybe and injected into her. No, but uterus. you know what I mean. He literally was a yeah. like ship passing in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's fucking crazy. I mean, we 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 know people like that. I, I've definitely met. I mean, you dude, know. I'm not, I got no judgment for whoever people. Fuck. Oh yeah, I'm just no. saying it's crazy. <laughs> no, I know. It's yeah. literally a sailor that showed up for a night. And was gone. I know, that's the thing. Is I want to laugh. <laughs> I want to laugh that a sailor. sailor came in the night from Sweden and fucked. And it was like Darby oh, crash into a woman. <laughs> totally. He fucked this. He fucked this like retarded punk into a woman. Oh, something I forgot. Part of his uh, uh, plan was like he, literally like before they even started playing shows. And like having full songs, he was making merch. He was all about like getting them big. Cool. Their first, the Germs' first name was Sophistifuck and the Revlon Spam Queens, but they changed the name because oh, it couldn't fit on a shirt. Change it back. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> couldn't fit it on a shirt. Yeah, that's a pretty funny reasoning. Yeah, change it back. Honestly, I would love to know the alternate timeline where that's the new Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nirvana's original name was Fecal Matter. For real? Yeah. And Bad Religion's first name was Vaginal Discharge. It's like, guys, <laughs> I'm glad you got a publicist early on. I've always wanted to like <laughs> make a video that would be like um, of the Family Matters intro, but it's just as fecal matters. <laughs> and it's all the people like coming into the door still like, choo, 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 choo. Exact same show, except it's called Dark Matter. <laughs> Do you hear my Dark Matter joke? It's a racist joke. I don't know why I said it. <laughs> I'm glad it's out there. Folks, subscribe it's to fun. the Patreon and get more of Dave's. I honestly feel like absolute Dave's garbage. illegal humor. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do really recommend the Patreon because guys, there's no laws on Patreon and we can literally say whatever we want. Whoa. Yeah. I admit to my my uh suicide attempts. It's it's pretty crazy, folks. So here's uh the thing that complicates the suicide more with him is that with his girlfriend or female friend, or he had some relationship with her, they were very close. Her name was Casey Cola Hopkins. They had a suicide pact. Mm-hmm. They shot up heroin together. They got enough heroin for them both to die. From the concert. Yeah. yeah. Holy he shit. He shot himself up first. She shot herself up. Okay. She woke up. He didn't. And she woke up. And you and I just Whoa. watched an interview with him. And in the interview, she was like, I woke up with 
his arms around me like the person that makes me feel the most safe and so i was like in this warm place yeah and then i realized he was dead she said in the interview which was really striking that she was like it's it's very important i feel with a lot of people who guess about suicides it was like she was like he definitely wanted to kill himself yeah there was no like fucking around and he wanted her to die up that yeah exactly it was like he we were trying to kill ourselves yeah and uh, it was pretty horrific to watch that her reaction to the whole thing. She she seems um, pretty bummed. Well, apparently Still there was this like rabid fan base of the germs called Circle One that was mostly women. And when <laughs> when he killed himself, that that group just like hated Casey. Uh, they Whoa. were just like fuck you. I don't know exactly what it was. You killed him sure, or whatever, yeah. but they were like, he didn't want you to die. He didn't want you to be with him. That was wow. what she was talking about. And she was like, no, we were dying together and I just didn't. That's so shitty that it's like the scene just decides to shit on you yeah. because you're a woman and it's easy. Well, it's you also- fu- You're the Yoko. I mean, like literally, I think as a society, we have maybe only dropped the Yoko- sort of like identity in music where we're like the girlfriend who breaks up the band. I think we've only dropped that maybe in the last two years. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like it's a, it's a thing that guys yeah. are both like, Oh, of course. Then the girlfriend comes in and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we all be virgin losers? <laughs> yeah. Forever? You remember when hole made that amazing <laughs> album and everyone was like, Kurt Cobain wrote it. I was just like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> We're not giving her credit for maybe she even wrote some of it. You're not gonna say that. Some of it. At least she sung it. <laughs> like She's we can real? at least you like, wanna <laughs> like if we actually just take into account most professional singers, they don't write their songs. Ninety eight percent of singers totally. do not write their songs. Totally. Oh man. Um <laughs> So talking about like the that, who cares if the rabid nature of their fans, I would like first of all, they're man, uh, there's this thing that I I just found out about I didn't know about called the germ burn. Hmm. Uh <laughs> the- which was like Darby apparently believed he had all sorts of crazy philosophies that were in his lyrics, <laughs> and uh life is just a series of like uh, s- circular events like the same thing happening over and over Damn, again. Damn, this and is so, like really actually deep. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Well, and that's he, the time is a flat circle thing. So the germ burn was addictive. a cigarette burn that represented that circle. Uh, and that's why the group is called Circle One. That's why their symbol on the front of GI is a circle. He was huh. obsessed with these like circles. circular patterns. Dude, circles, um, they always come back, dude. <laughs> Very smart. Is, is that the dumbest thing to be obsessed with? Is cir- circles? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's what's smart about it, and also devious. Okay. Uh, okay. I said he like I was a fan of all these numerous things, right? Three of the fa- things he was a big fan of were Nietzsche, Charles Manson, and Scientology. And apparently, I, a lot of his lyrics are like Whoa. adapted from. Like the writings in there, and if you think about those three things, all three of those things are used to manipulate people to do what you want. Yeah, and so there are people who think like he purposely did that to make his fans fucking crazy for him. 
Whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a deep conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Where it's yeah. more, more than just like, well, he was probably uh, incredibly depressed and <laughs> dealing with some mental issues rather than being some sort of like Merovingian. Yeah, he probably like, did just uh, like that stuff. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, um, though, to be like, uh, yeah, yeah, he was probably instructing me to be a germ. <laughs> He was probably telling me to go get uh, some germs in me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Lick that's some poles around my neighborhood. Person. Lick some handrails. Get some germs. I'm a germ. I just want to be the Mucinex monster like Darby. <laughs> the Mucinex dad coming in to his punk son. What the hell is this shit? I didn't raise no punk booger. Son, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's another thing about Darby Crash. He was either gay or bisexual. Okay. And bye, if, see you later, bye. Bye. He was either bye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but because the LA punk scene was so homophobic, then Jesus. he was scared of being outed as bi or gay. And um, yeah. And if you watch the decline of Western civilization, most of the shots of him are of him in his house with his girlfriend. But actually, he lived in that house with a very obviously gay guy named Tony the Hustler. And he told a friend of his, that it came out in an interview in the LA Weekly years later, that he didn't want to be with someone that, quote, uh, was so obviously homo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because apparently, especially the fear dudes were like, they would spend their shows being like, gay, you fucking gay, you fucking gay. But that's funny to be like, uh, I'm gay, just not that gay. Yeah, I'm okay. Wow, the pressure he, of nobody, being he wasn't, in that sort of situation. I don't think he was out. He wasn't out. Yeah, exactly. But it sounds like he just couldn't even, like, if yeah. he's like, yeah, that guy's uh, How not crazy it is to be like, cup of tea. I'm going to cut myself on stage, but I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so interesting. Yeah. Meanwhile, what's okay with you? Cut to whatever Mick Jagger was doing around that time, where he's like strutting around on stage and like, you know, like puckering his asshole and his mouth at the same time. I'd be like, yeah, mwah, mwah, mwah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a little cute boy. <laughs> like it's like a thousand times gayer than just having gay sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like whatever Mick Jagger was doing at the time, dancing in the streets with Dave David Bowie. Got your big trench coats and you just. Having a fucking right. frolic in the streets, a thousand times gayer than just gay sex. What is your point, though? <laughs> that seems ins insane that he couldn't, um, you just know, just accept it. Well, I guess I guess the scene at the time couldn't accept it. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like we all live in whatever culture is created around us, right? And it's weird. Like wherever he was at the time, it was completely okay to beat the shit out of your own fans but it wasn't okay to be gay and that's fucking horrifying that's yeah. and it's interesting to think about i until i read that it never really occurred to me just how um prejudice punk was mm -hmm. cuz i've always thought of punk as this like place anyone can go whoever you are right. like it's fucked up it's weird it's where weirdos go it's how i felt about it like i felt weird and different and like afraid and i went there and i felt accepted when of. i was a kid and i was storming through the party like my name was el nino <laughs> and i was hanging out in the back of an el camino if you're listening you can't see my face but it does not have an expression on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean um What's my age, Any? What's my age again? <laughs> What's my age again? <laughs> that was, that's the most punk rock anthem is to be like, how old am I? 
<laughs> oh man. How the fuck old am I? Man, yeah, Blink-182 has so many songs that are just like <laughs> and the older they got, the more they like tried to keep in touch with the 17-year-olds. And if you listen off listen to Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, <laughs> there's literally a song that it's like, I like the kids with the weird hair. And you're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> well, you you're know, 30. What's, what's crazy with say like homophobia music? I mean, it's prevalent in a lot of forms for for sure. You know, it's it it happens in music, but like it's always been odd to me that like Bob Marley yeah, he's like this guy that everyone's like this this bastion of hope. Yeah, this man who's about world peace, fucking hated gay people. Dude, <laughs> I know. When when he's talking about Babylon is burning, he's talking about Western civilization because we like gay people. <laughs> There's so much. I mean, not just homophobia too. Like so much misogyny amongst these like folk civil rights heroes they're just like i mean that movie about the like um uh caesar chavez um Mm. and the like women who fought with him how like once they got what they were looking for immediately the men just started treating all the women like (laughs) shit it's just like and bob marley was a womanizer it's just like uh yeah there's something about like well i guess more to the point of like you you know like i agree i identify punk with that same sort of like it's counterculture so why are we being shitty to people who are inside the counterculture yeah we need to band together it's also like yeah same with bob marley it's like hey you're all about peace and love but then it's like like the babylon condemns the gay man (laughs) right it's just like god whoa it's like how biblical are you gonna get here well it's the thing i guess it just comes down to like as human beings we like the simplest thing the easiest way to understand life is to put things into categories and so like for me i found punk it i felt like it saved my life i really did dave's a white male he's 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 medium size and so into categories and so I like just started thinking about punk as this like place for acceptance and understanding as like a converse to the rest of life. But of course it's all complex and people get into things for different reasons. Kyle Mm -hmm. Kinane pointed out to me once because the fucking, you know, that band, the queers, uh, the lead singer of the queers who goes by Joe queer recently (laughs) came out in defense. Hi, my name is Joe queer. (laughs) He came out in defense of the cops in Ferguson. What? <laughs> yeah. What? And Kyle and I were talking about that, and he was like, you got to remember, man, some people just got into punk because they like to break stuff and piss people off. <laughs> and so once liber- there were more people were like openly liberal, yeah. these other punks were like, I'm conservative because I'm fucking shit up. Oh, and that's fuck, what some dude. of these alt-right fucks think they're doing. Dude, have you seen uh, Green Room? Yes. That's my favorite movie, man. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I-, I mean, of the year it came out, Easily the top one, but man, like that's a great just uh, 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 just a movie about the punk scene in general and how it's like, oh yeah, um, there is also this incredibly unhealthy contingent that's just part of the scene which we haven't yet uh, stamped out. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a thing that's uh, like a tumor that grew out of the punk scene, and now we uh, we hope to never have to deal with. Yeah, that was a weird dude. I went to a show. I saw the Dropkick Murphys once have like a fucking straight up Nazi band open for them. And what? I don't, dude. What? And what? I, like they weren't wearing swastikas, but all their fans were Nazis. No, but they were from Boston and you can like tell. 
it might you know i don't they might have not known it might have been the one time they Who, played with uh, the band or right, something right right job kicked in no yeah or maybe the ba- either maybe the band wasn't a fucking nazi it was, band it, it was prussian but, blue but like literally <laughs> when this band was playing there were nazis in the crowd sigheiling and i was shit. like what the fuck and my friend bobby who i went to punk shows with in high school is asian and he's yeah. just like not even noticing he's in the pit yeah and he starts getting the shit beat out of him and i had to holy grab him shit. and pull him out and we fucking ran out of the oh venue. my god yeah holy and that crap. was in 1999 whoa yeah before 9-11 why didn't you warn us no this was <laughs> i'm talking about 9-11 <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever grow and up? Then the plane hit the tap. The show was at the top of Tower Seven. <laughs> Me and Limp Bizkit, top of the towers. Did you ever uh, like uh, growing up? Did you ever hear about Prussian Blue? No, Do I don't you know, know what, what that Prussian is. Blue is. No, Prussian Blue was like interesting at the time when I was growing up because it was like they were a Nazi Tegan and Sarah, basically. What? They were two girls who were like daughters of some nazi and they would like <laughs> sing songs like the white race is oh, the best race yes. i hope i am a white race <laughs> like, they i remember these, this like incredibly dumb like songs i don't know i did so much material about them at the time <laughs> yeah man <laughs> i couldn't i could not laugh that there was a cute girl band <laughs> that was nazis you know barbara gray was one of those girls <laughs> Shout you out to Barbara, Barbara Gray, Gray, Canadian Barbara Gray. <laughs> we love Barbara. Follow her on Twitter. She used to be Impression Blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that like people listening would obviously know. She's one of my favorite comics. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, I felt comfortable saying she's a Nazi. Uh, on Paula my Poundstone. <laughs> she was. Uh, she yeah, was one Maria, of the, uh, Bamford, Maria Bamford. Michelle Obama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Cation was uh, Impression Blue. <laughs> Uh, there's so much more about Darby Crash. I, we could talk about him forever. I would love to know more about just what he was kind of going through at the time. I don't know. I mean, like I said, uh, they played a great show. And it, <laughs> they did. And he had been talking about it forever. Right. But it did seem like a lead up. And he had a plan since a young age. Yeah. Here's the big thing. So, like, okay. So, there are all sorts of things that definitely contributed to... His depression. He's clearly like he dealt with mental illness. He was such a rabid drug user. That is both a sign of maybe dealing with things. That's a b- big part. And yeah. can make you depressed. Yeah, straight absolutely. Up. Fucks with your brain chemistry. Heroin or heroin. I mean, he did that to kill himself. So you must assume. Yes, they had done a heroin. Regular before. user. Every drug and so much alcohol, so much. Yeah. And literally like cutting himself. He was like abusing his body in every single way. Yeah. If you've ever seen. Guys, uh, the decline of Western civilization, part one. There's literally just scenes where people are like going around their, you know, punk house, which yeah. is like twenty people in a house, and you're like, "Where do I sleep in this drawer?" Yeah, I sleep on this coat hanger. That's all I and like. They're, they're I sleep on this pile of bullets. They have like no living <laughs> space. There's no food. There's nothing. It's like yeah. whatever free beer you can get. It's whatever a free sad existence that they romanticized, which is moves to the next part, which is like it makes sense that they would romanticize something as final as suicide. Yeah. Um. Then you factor in like. He had a very, like, incredibly difficult childhood where he was basically, like, fucked with. Uh, Hmm. Seemingly not on purpose by his family, but, like, it fucked with him, you know? Really? Uh, Well, yeah, like what I said, like, he found out his brother 
was murdered with heroin. Yeah, yeah. He found out that his father wasn't his father, and then not long after his brother died, he found out that that sailor he'd never met was dead too. So he like wow. He thought Plus his original gay. father was dead. <laughs> then yeah. he found out he had a different dad and thought he was alive. Yeah. Brother died. Then found out his dad's dead, and like. It's just, and also, there was much more than that in his childhood that was difficult. I mean, yeah, it was just tough. Um, it's one of those same situations I feel like when we had with uh, with the uh, um, uh, what's his name, Pele dead, yeah, Olin, right, with the metal musician they created a culture of thinking it's okay. It's just being around a culture that's kind of like spiraling down yeah it's like if you feel like you're in this environment where you're like i couldn't even possibly see myself being alive but also i will say like everything i've read said like with how much darby talked about killing himself his friends just never believed him they just thought he was like sure. the crazy guy who talked about it i mean you also, don't believe me i mean no one th- believes me no <laughs> i don't believe anything you say uh but also like <laughs> He, um, the band ended because it was too crazy, and yeah. he wanted to keep doing these shows and shit. It'd be funny if he tried to get rebooked at those same venues. He's like, "We're the Germs," <laughs> <laughs> like, just trying to come back. <laughs> really lazy. Well, I'm leading up to like there are all sorts of things that could feed into it. There's definitely that depression, the reasons. Also, his sexuality could have yeah. fucked them in different yeah. ways, and like you said. How crazy it all was, the lifestyle. But um, there's also definitely this plan, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which involved him. He said said five years. It took three. From start to finish, three fucking years. (laughs) And the craziest part about that is if it's true, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it is, but if it's true... That he had a plan which involved him becoming the craziest rocker <laughs> ever, and then he would kill himself and enter the annals of rock history. Mm-hmm. He failed because he killed himself the day before John Lennon died, oh, and no. then just w- there was no press about it. <laughs> it was the worst coincidence <laughs> of all time. I heard the news today. <laughs> oh boy, there was nothing in there about you. <laughs> Dude. Wow! Yeah. Holy shit! And then, like, you know, John Lennon was the most famous person on earth. You know what's crazy is that <laughs> that literally happened with fucking Princess Diana, and then um, uh, Mother Teresa died, like within the same twenty four hours. Yeah, but they were both no. famous enough where people covered both. Right? It was, dude. People no, just nothing will touch on Princess Diana. Yeah, that was that's one of true. the biggest fucking that like, was crazy things to happen. Like it, I remember the news being like, by the way, Mother Teresa died. <laughs> like it was just like, wow. By the way, and I mean, Mother Teresa was probably a horrible being if you actually look into her history. But I just find it interesting. Sure. <laughs> Neither one of them are particularly good human beings, but the news know. was like, "There's a Beanie Baby Princess Diana." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. You can get a Beanie Baby of the car now. <laughs> sorry. You buy a Princess sorry. Diana. You can get a Beanie Baby of the tunnel. <laughs> There's a Beanie Baby tunnel. <laughs> you get a whole Beanie Baby Guys, set. Guys, uh, this Beanie Baby of uh, the tunnel in which Princess Diana died will be worth, um, I'm sure, thousands of dollars leading up into the future. It will They've never decrease in value. They've been on the racks for five days, and they cost $3 million. <laughs> but I was going up. <laughs> My friends and I, did you ever have this where it was like uh, kids at the time when Beanie Babies were blowing up and it was like, whoa, you could get like hundreds of dollars for this. Like literally 
I went to go hang out at a friend's of mine's house, and he's like, get in the car. We're going to like seven McDonald's today. <laughs> and he was like, we're hunting down Beanie Babies. And it was him and his white trash family. We're just like, next one. Let's go. We're trying to find the Princess Diana wow. bear. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went to like seven McDonald's trying to find the Princess Diana bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's like somebody playing Scratch Lotto who's like, you know what? Let's drive to the liquor store across town. They have better Scratch Lotto. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like that. But if they're playing like Kurt Cobain Scratch Lotto. <laughs> load up on fun and bring your friends. Yeah, load oh, up a, on cash. It's a new Scratch and Win game. Load up on cash and bring your friends. Cash me. <laughs> cash me, my friend. <laughs> now, nah, I just always think about Beanie Babies because... um. It's kind of an interesting thing, Beanie Babies, because it's like that's a thing that in market, in markets will continually happen. It's this thing called like, I think it's like tulip mania. It was like way back when in like old uh, courts, there were like flowers were like really like rare and expensive. So it was like the tulip all of a sudden became this incredibly expensive thing because there was a, like, this blight in like Sweden. So suddenly like a tulip bulb was like, Two hundred dollars. Then it was Whoa. like two thousand dollars to get a tulip. Right? We're so stupid. And as then, people. All, yeah. <laughs> and then Wait, was, there's less. <laughs> I'll pay more. Shut up. That's exactly. You didn't it. want a tulip. Exactly. No it. one wanted a fucking tulip. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. It was just rich people to be like, I want to look at my gay plants. Yeah. I want to feel cool looking at my rich plants. Yeah, why did you so, say and, gay? And the and the well, it was because it was like for the the erudite rich. Oh. Be like, I want to look at my five thousand dollar tulip. Oh, okay. And then it's and like it's gay. <laughs> it's a little gay. <laughs> and so, and so uh, that's this phenomenon which continually happens. It happened with the housing crisis. It happened with everything. Like people overestimate values of things, and it happened with the fucking Beanie Babies, where they're like, the Princess Diana bear will be the <laughs> most expensive uh, stuffed bear that has ever existed. You remember when we, this happened when the Wii came out, and like they <laughs> sold out of Wiis, and there, all these stores would be like, you can buy a Wii for $1,000. <laughs> and it's like, who's doing that? <laughs> Why would you do Just wait a month. Well, they're uh, going to no. make more. They no. want to make money. I'm an insane billionaire. <laughs> yeah. I need it now. Hampton, <laughs> I think this is a very fun episode. <laughs> it was a great episode. I enjoyed myself. I mean, uh, I think we should maybe think about just a little bit about this guy at the end here and think about what he was going through. Sure. I mean, it sounds like this is a guy who was in kind of the wrong environment to get help. Yeah. You know, like, and also, like, it sounds like he had a kind of a plethora of things going on. You know, he had his home environment and also maybe some mental issues currently, some substance ab- abuse well, going on, which like, certainly makes it worse. If, again, if this five year plan thing is true, there's definitely an added psychosis, which is like thinking that it is okay or good to kill yourself just for fun, according or to plan. A- according to plan. Yeah. Is a psychosis in itself. I mean, I will be honest. When I was very suicidal, when I was growing up, I was always like, okay, you know, I'd always give myself like five years. Right. Here's the five year. If I don't get better by this, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. You're always giving yourself parameters because you're always trying to give yourself that window to get out. 
And it's just, but even it's, doing it that is damaging. That, it sucks that he committed in a, in yeah. a sense of being like, you know, because when you say that, well, you had a five year plan. I go, well, you know, I had a lot of five year plans sure. that have moved a bunch and, you know, changed according to life. And, you know, yeah, honestly, it's true. Odds are, had he just not done it, mm-hmm. he would have gone, come out of that psychosis. Probably have, not long after. He could have owned like a record store in Venice by now. <laughs> could have been an institution that people would go to and no, go dude. out. The germs would be playing fucking Coachella. <laughs> that's that's what would be happening. Whoa, really? Totally. You think so? Yeah, or at least FYF. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, FYF. <laughs> yeah, dude. They'd be playing all the shows the Circle Jerks play. Uh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, they're a big deal, man. Pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that'd be pretty sweet, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not Coachella. Maybe that was a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was but a like great episode, lower build. Man. Oh, thanks, man. I love that. Yeah, I no, and I like that you emphasize that at the end. There, it is important to know, like, to yeah, or at least to talk through, like, that this was even though it seems like a person who had like completely romanticized it and was okay with it. There was definitely a lot going on under the surface, and if that weren't there. It wouldn't have happened, and if he had given himself a bit more time, would have come out of it. I'm absolutely sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. Stoming through the party like my name is Unino. I was hanging out, <laughs> drinking in the back of a Camino. <laughs> you would have been in some He was 41. a skater boy. I said to you later, boy. He would have been in Avril Lavigne, <laughs> the band. Her name means April Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash suicidebuddies. Remember to rate and review on iTunes and subscribe and tell your friends and all that fun stuff. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Take care. See you next time. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Just a reminder, we joke around on this show a lot because we've thought about suicide a lot, so we're comfortable with it. But if you are right now thinking about suicide, having any suicidal thoughts at all, if you're coming close... We can't urge you enough to talk to a professional. And the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always there. 1-800-273-TALK. Call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They will talk you through it and help you know that you are loved on this earth and you don't need to leave us. Thanks again for listening to the show. See you next time.